What's up, waves, and welcome back to Anime Lane, the podcast where we take you down the yellow brick road of anime and have a look at everything it has to offer. As always, I am your host, Rebel Notorious, and joining me as always today is Sean. Sup? And Melina. Hello. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Academy Award winning Spirited Away, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, who we've discussed on the show before. Uh, and then we're going to go into the groundbreaking Akira, directed by Katsuhiro Otomo, also who wrote the original manga. Um, so yeah, where do we want to start? I think we're, we've discussed introducing a new mm-hmm. part of the show where mm-hmm. at the end of each discussion, we'll rate yeah. The, yeah. the movies we're watching. I think just to kind of add a bit of... Opinion. Yeah. <laughs> opinion. Well, it's entirely opinion if oh, you listen yes. to these episodes. Um, but like more of a kind of a conclusive point to mm-hmm. yeah, each like, film we're talking. So I think... Yeah, a good way actually, to do a final thoughts. Yeah. yeah. So I think just before we get into all of them we've just finished the gundam movies and since it's three separate films and in the interest of kind of tying that all together how would you rate each of the films Mm. and then how would you rate the whole story oh Oh, that's to tie it all question uh the first one i would rate we're going based on vibes by the way this isn't like a professional (laughs) yeah i mean You'll probably have some sort of justification of why you knock points off. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll be doing it out of ten, just for clarification. We're not yeah. going to be like Metacritic, where it's like out of one hundred. <laughs> oh God, no. Uh, I think for the first one, I going with my gut, I'd say like a five out of ten. Yeah. Mm. Like, and by that, it's it's purely just like an okay. Yeah. It's not it's fu- terrible. Yeah. It's not super fantastic. It's just meh. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, do we want to just do this one by person, or do we want to go for one each movie? Uh, well, yeah, let's go one each movie. I'd, I'd give the first one a six out of ten. Um, I and I, I don't know if I say that because I've seen the TV series, so I sort of know what it's aiming for. Mm-hmm. It's still very much the first act of of a whole story, and is very long in that regard. Um, but I see where it's aiming, so I I think I'm a little bit higher in my rating for that. I was accurate, mm. but I'm I'm leaning toward but like between four and five, but more on the five side. So yeah, if there's a comma, like four point eight for me. I was tempted <laughs> I to go this. like a five or a six, but more on the five side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we can do point fives, but I'm Aww. not getting into point eights and yeah, that. yeah. That's, that, that's too much. That's, yeah. We're basically doing an out of a hundred at that. Point. Yeah. <laughs> and we just said we weren't doing that. Yeah. Um. So the second movie, Soldiers of Sorrow. Uh, that would be a dip. I'd be like a seven. Mm. I'd, I'd say. I'd probably say like a. Yeah, a seven. I think if if the second act, the second half of the film didn't kind of drag as much, yeah. I think it'd maybe be a seven and a half, maybe mm-hmm. an eight. Yeah. Um. But yeah, as it stands, it's a seven. I think for me, I think a five as well. It's a pacing that really mm. bothered me. So I really, really struggled to get through it in one sitting. And I that's mean, that's, I that's fair. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Like, it it was very hard to do it in one sitting for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, it's because yeah, yeah. I watched it like in the evening that I yeah. was like, mm. I just have to stop because mm-hmm. I want to. I want to pay attention. I want to understand. So I don't just want to mindlessly get through it. I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah. So encounters um, in space. I would give that an eight. An eight. Yeah. Just like, I, at mm-hmm. that point, I'm. It's all in for the action, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Having now There's read good character moments, as yeah, well, oh, I, I, that sure. action yeah. is what alleviates it to an eight for me. Yeah, I think now having read the men who created Gundam, and like I knew that they changed some stuff in in the final film, but I didn't realize that they basically reanimated 
most of it. Oh. Um, ah. Because at the point the original series was airing, Yasuhiko Yoshikazu, the character designer and animation director, was in hospital. Oh. Um, so they were basically just scrambling to get you know it's the episodes finished and out and all that. And so when it came to the movies, it meant that he could go back and and sort of clean it all up and and change stuff to sort of better reflect the underlying stuff so like Char and Lala's relationship um and the original scene where they're sitting on the couch watching a battle or the the news or whatever the fuck they're Mm -hmm. watching uh he's like in his uniform he has his his mask on they're a bit more farther apart but then in the movie, as we see, he's he's got his mask off. They're mm. a bit more intimate. More form- yeah. informal. Yeah, and so it gives you the more sort of better hint that they're, they be fucking. They be fucking <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Which was something that um, Shuichi Ikeda, Shar's uh, voice actor, like burst into Tomino's office during a, a voice recording session. was like, they be fucking. He was like, they be fucking. They <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> And and he was like, yeah, that that really helped inform his performance of like that scene and, and sort of their character relationship. So nice. I, I think knowing just how much was changed to better, you know, bring a conclusion to the series. I think maybe an eight and a half for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I think a seven. It's the best yeah, one yeah. out of the trilogy for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had its definitely good moments. Yeah, I yeah. I don't find many flaw, but for me, it's it's something that not is not something of interest necessarily. Yeah, so sci fi is not your no. So it, I understand liking it more than mm-hmm. I would. It's just not particularly. For yeah, me. like yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna give you shit for no, giving exactly. that score. <laughs> like it's, it's all sub- subjective, and, yeah. and if you're not of the disposition to really enjoy sci-fi to the mm-hmm. same degree as me or Sean, yeah, yeah, I can get where you know Seven yeah. would come from. Um, yeah, actually, another correction um, in regards to what did you fuck up this time? Gundam. I'm gonna have to pull my notes out. I keep it. saying you fuck up, like we don't make fuck ups. <laughs> Th- this we, is, we don't know anything. Yeah, this is but my feel, fuck up. I feel really oh. bad saying your fuck up all the time. Um, but it is my fuck up because when I was giving the history lesson of uh, Gundam, I mentioned that. Uh, the toy line was failing and that was why the series mm. part of the reason why the series was cancelled and and it turns out that's an entire myth oh. it's just not true um because i like i mentioned i read the men who created gundam which is very funny but also highly informative to the sort of the not just like sort of backstory of the show but the the sort of cultural context of the time that it was mm-hmm. coming out and sort of like it was just on the precipice of the anime boom and was like the tipping factor oh, that's wow. really started otaku culture and all this sort of stuff and so in, in there they've got like essays and stuff as well in between some of the, the the chapters and one of them is basically covering this myth that mm. the toy line was failing but and it turns out um like i said total fabrication because 1979 was one of the original toy producer clover's best financial years and it was almost entirely based on the Gundam toy line oh, wow. because yeah. the series cancellation was announced and fans rushed out ah. to buy the set. Mm-hmm. Now this was a toy set because it didn't look like the Gundam. It had mm-hmm. small changes to be a toy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was a more of a premium priced item. So yeah, ended up that's just a total lie. Don't know why that sort of circulated. Yeah. But- um and even like i mentioned you know bandai bought up the toy rights and they started making the gunpla it was like an instant hit and that's not 
True. Clover and Bandai were making toys for the series at the same time. Mm. And it was a big, like, push that they had to make to try and get the, the kits to sell originally for the Gunpla. Because uh, they were, they were like, pushing for the original, you know, the Gundam. Yeah. Not selling. And there's, like, people within Bandai trying to make kits for the Zaku, Shars one, and, and sort of, like, the other suits we see. And, like, because they weren't performing, you know, Bandai weren't willing to take the risk. Mm. And so it, it, it almost bankrupted the company at one point. And I'm like, what the wow. fuck? Yeah. Like, it's totally counter to the narrative that people push now. Yeah. And I'm like, how did we get that far removed from the truth? I know. That's, like, a serious case of, like, telephone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Um, Clover didn't go bankrupt due to the Gundam models. Bandai didn't just save the entire series. In fact, it was the movies that actually like fully saved them because Tomino made a big push to get it onto the big screen and to, you know, have it be a big event. Mm. You know, the only other one of its time that was like that was, was Space Battleship Yamato and, like, that's what all the producers were wanting was another Yamato because at the time movie studios like Shochiku, they they weren't dealing with anime. Anime wasn't seen as a filmic product. Mm. It was just seen as a cartoon for kids. Yeah. And so it was trying to, like I said, you know, it was very culturally, contextually cultural to the point of like they were on the, you know, the, the precipice of the anime boom. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> so there we go. Before I go on a full you know mm-hmm. deep dive if, if you're interested the the men who created gundam mangas is, is very informative um it's very cheap on amazon like 15 pound and it's it's a meaty book you mm. could kill someone with it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so spirited away and akira where do we want to go first i feel like we should start with akira I I should like just, we? I mean, I, I was know. leaning towards Spirited Away, but Same. if we want to get Akira it's, right it's out of the way. I think we both watched Spirited Away first. I did not. Did um, you watch Akira first? Yeah. That's a choice. Yeah, that's quite the choice. <laughs> I wouldn't say you've made the correct choice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think we'll start with Spirited that's Away fine. first, yeah, mainly because... Yeah. Um, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spirited Away. Who wants to, who wants to start? I will state, I'm, I'm going to be mm-hmm. first for once, that the main word that comes to mind when I was watching this movie is creative. Because this is a very creative it movie. Very, very like, yeah, just in terms of style, fair. in terms of, like, story. It it, it gripped me. <laughs> yeah. I, I had, like, a whole thing to say there, but it's completely gone out of my mind now. Uh, help. <laughs> I, I don't uh, know what your... I am not in your mind... <laughs> <laughs> do we do you do you want to come back to yeah you? come back to yeah. me um melina you're thought i want to go last That's on this i to me it just really felt like a folk tale kind of mm. where you know people are like oh that's the abandoned building and it leads to this yeah and, you know you don't tell kids to necessarily scare them but to tell them the stories of the place and it's it's mm. like done in a very wholesome way where you know you can imagine like as a child you hear those stories and you put yourself in those stories yeah so it was very fun to see from like a child's perspective Mm -hmm. how they would experience a folktale yeah a very elaborate yeah folktale a very nicely done yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) very stylized folktale oh yeah Mm -hmm. so i don't want to be the prick in the room oh you didn't like it did you no it's not that i didn't like it um 
I've I've seen more Ghibli stuff. Spirited mm-hmm. Away was one of the first. I think probably the second Ghibli movie I seen. I I think I, the first one I seen was The Cat Returns. Um, but Spirited Away was like magical the first time I seen it, mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen it in ten years, eight years, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it again. Um, having seen more Ghibli stuff. I, I'm wondering why this is the one that won yeah. the, the best Academy. I will admit, as much as I did like this movie, I was sort of, by the end of it, I was sort of like, really? This is one of the greatest films yeah. of all time, apparently? I'll not knock it for its soundtrack, for its animation. I will knock it for its story and its its voice mm-hmm. acting, uh, because this is one where I did not like either like voice track uh, in mm. particular. I had issues with voices on both sides of it. Because I, I was like watching it and I'm like, oh, that's Lilo. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't put up with her as the, Chihiro. The first thing I noticed, because I also watched the dub, mm-hmm. that like, oh, wait, that's Lilo. Yeah, oh, that's so weird. Lilo from the Lilo and Stitch, oh. uh, that's the, the voice actress. We've also got the voice of Ham. Yes. Uh, he's in it as the the assistant manager like the hotel I, I just remember this one scene where he's like sort of dancing when no face is giving yeah all, like the gold and you can oh, very yeah. clearly tell it's like ratzenberg or something um bob berg no uh bob bergman i think is ham but no, you're right that I... ratzenberger is also in this yeah but because um is he like the voice of squidward or something because i know the voice of squidward um, in this movie is the foreman i think so i think you're right yeah because a lot of this cast has been in Disney or Pixar movies. Yeah, um, I knew. I just knew it was Squidward because he, at one point in his line, he goes full Squidward. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's him. Yeah, because you you got Bob Bergman and John Ratzenberger. Ratzenberger. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because um, I I guess contextually is that you know when it won Academy Best Academy Award for animated picture, I think it was. Disney that picked it up. Yeah, because I did look this mm-hmm. up. Uh, John Lasseter. He's got an introduction on the Blu-ray for it, which yeah. I watched and was like... Nuh. He's like <laughs> a fan of Ghibli, and I think the Wikipedia page for like this movie, I think, stated he's like a friend of Miyazaki. Yeah. Yeah, so like... Friend. He, <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone what, is friends with Miyazaki. That's what the Wikipedia page says, and that's what I'm going with. He but. may think he's friends with Miyazaki. I doubt he sees it that I doubt Miyazaki sees it that way. Yeah. We'll get into that. We'll get into him. <laughs> eventually. But uh, Lasseter actually got Disney to secure the distributing rights mm. for it in the West. So yeah, because they, um, they had all the Ghibli stuff up until I think 2016 or something like mm. that. And then I think it was when they finally kind of shuttered Buena Vista. Like uh, it was, no, it wasn't Buena Vista for years, but like officially, you know, still in a, an operational capacity. And then I think they sh- they kind of shuttered that. And mm. Ghibli's now with uh, G Kids in America, but we are still Studio Canal, as far as I'm aware. Huh. Um, but yeah, so whenever we watch the dub, it'll either be big stars or very noticeably <laughs> Disney Pixar yeah. voice actors. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, when I was watching it, I was like. I don't dislike Lilo's voice, yeah. but I didn't think it fit Chihiro. Mm. And so I jumped to the Japanese and I'm like, this works a little bit more. And then Haku started talking. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Haku's voice for me in Japanese doesn't work, but his his English voice does work. Yeah, like his English voice. I don't can't, I don't know who voices him in the English. I'm not 100% someone, sure. Like I know, but uh, 
His voice does seem to fit, strangely yeah. enough, when it's like a sort of deepish voice coming mm-hmm. out of a, definitely a child. He's got a much higher pitched voice in the Japanese compared to the, the English yeah. dub. Because ah. I watched the Japanese version. And in the beginning, I thought I was a girl. Because his voice that's is fair. very yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And, you know, he has like a true, like kind of like a Bob style haircut. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. convinced he was a girl. For a split <laughs> yeah. second yeah. before he started talking, I was like, is, is that a girl? Or? Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, they don't really make it clear not that it's a problem or anything. It was just kind of confusing in the beginning because they don't mention it. And because it's a very feminine voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you've got Master Haku as, like, one of the yeah, workers. Like, Haku-sama and the Japanese mm-hmm. version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, very... In the Japanese one, there's no, like, ge- gender identification of, like, that as a guy... Mm. until mm-hmm. i guess maybe chihiro refers to him as he at some point in the I subtitles so, yeah. um so i can see how you thought you know uh, girl yeah um i mean it would have made for a very different impact in japan if haku was yeah was a girl going by like how those two characters yeah end up in the end the whole love story thing between yeah. them yeah um, that's interesting. I wonder if Haku was maybe originally meant to be, but then now well, Miyazaki doesn't strike me as the type to even yeah, go for something say, like Miyazaki that. Yeah, Miyazaki feels like someone who's like, no. Yeah, I, I don't think it would even cross his mind, because I know no. that, I think, was it when Marnie was there, it was originally meant to have uh, a female counterpart to Marnie. I could be fucking totally <laughs> remembering this wrong. There is one Ghibli movie that originally was supposed to have an, uh, a gay couple in it, and then, you know, Miyazaki came in and went, fuck right off. Ah. <laughs> oh great um so yeah yeah i don't know like i think watching it again there's for me there's there's you know much better ghibli stories mm-hmm. especially from miyazaki um i i don't know for me might ever top nausicaa um animation wise yeah it is phenomenal and mm. and just the overall creative design is fantastic there's so much flair in every mm-hmm. like single frame I, I i sort of had this thought in my head that like there's the phrase every frame a painting, but this movie is oh, like yeah. the archetype of that phrase. Yes, it's very densely packed with mm. with uh, almost in a in a similar vein as Akira, but Akira yeah. does it in a much different like capacity. Mm-hmm. We'll get oh, yeah. into this when we talk about it, but for Akira, I was thinking more like if I turned off the sound, you could probably get the story just yeah. as well, mm-hmm. which um, goes into other things. Which we'll, we'll get, get into that. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but I think you know. I was mesmerized by what was going on on screen, not so much what was going on in the story this time, hmm. to the point mm. that you could tell me anything happened in that movie, and I'd probably be like, sure. Probably. Yeah, yeah. sounds about right. Can't believe Chihiro killed them all in the end. <laughs> oh. I, I, I could have been like, sure, yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> nah, the genocide cut. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think the story just, for me didn't... I didn't vibe with it this time. It was mm. weird. And I think every time I've tried to go back and watch it again, I've, I've ran into the same issue where I get 10 minutes in and I'm like, yeah, yeah I turn it off. I'm like, I'd rather watch any other <laughs> Ghibli movie mm. that I've seen anyway. Um, I haven't seen Tales for RC, so, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was directed by his son and is apparently not very good. We'll uh, get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's why I wanted to go last because like I don't want to be negative about the movie because there's a lot to love about it. You know, yeah. like I said, the animation, the soundtrack by Joe Hisashi, it's phenomenal. Mm. You know, he's been working with with 
that Miyazaki since Nausicaa and just adds so much to to Miyazaki's movies and a lot of the emotional weight really comes from from the soundtrack I think for me anyway um and yeah I don't know what else to say about it personally it's it's a fun story because in the in the beginning you're like oh child yeah smart don't go into ah yes the, child the child <laughs> ah, yes don't child. go into the weird abandoned building which as a parent you sh- teachable moment be like yeah. don't go into yeah the no abandoned no building. but you gotta remember the parents take her in the abandoned yeah building. the yeah. parents are like the most very irresponsible yeah they're extremely irresponsible and like to a point where like it's not realistic i was convinced that mm. that the beginning of the movie before they turned into fucking pigs yeah <laughs> that there was going to be like the when they entered the, or when they first encountered like the tunnel were they under some sort of spell or something i'm not a hundred percent sure because when they exit at, at the end of the movie they're in the same place but the building doesn't look the same because mm. mm. it, it looks like a facade of a you know, like a, a theme park entrance yeah. originally, mm-hmm. and then when they come out, it's just like a stone brick yeah. tunnel. And you yeah. and I've never really understood what the yeah. you know larger implication of that is. I mean, there's also like the whole point they make where like the car looks like it's been there for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the assumption for me is that time has passed, but then the facade just wouldn't change that drastically. Yeah. Like it wouldn't become an entirely different tunnel. It also mm. looks bigger mm. as well. Because mm-hmm. um, how much time passed, technically? Because that was they get five They days? never really actually Ish? say. Yeah, like... It's left kind of vague. They, yeah. they notice the car's covered in and, and, yeah, and leaves and stuff. And, like, the, the, the grass and trees have grown a little bit. Mm. But all they mention is, like, oh, we got to go get the movers at the, the house and, and then the, the film ends. There's no real kind of definitive... Yeah, mm. it, I just left, was left thinking, like, but the movers. Yeah. <laughs> like, have they finished moving? And, and they're not concerned yes. the owners of the house haven't shown up. I mean, not really the point of the movie. No, but It'd it's be a, a question. Movie, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very much, like, I think, taken from the point of view of a child. Yeah, it's oh, very yeah, much yeah. Chihiro's perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, like, for a kid that they'd show the passage of time as, like, moving like that, even though it's probably not that yeah. dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know the sort of... I don't know what the larger thematical kind of aim of the film is. Is it a coming-of-age story? Like, to me, it's not entirely clear what it's aiming no. for. I could make interpretations, but, like, I wouldn't say it's definitive. Mm. Like, my interpretation would be that, like, this is... As she's, like, growing up, this is her last big childhood adventure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, that's, Quite again, the traumatic adventure. Oh, yeah, mm. I know. But, like... <laughs> I can't think of any other theme it's going for mm. if, it's, if it has one. Yeah. Other than like you know, magic shit. Magic <laughs> shit. Yeah. Because usually when I watch these sort of things, and usually when I watch Ghibli movies as well, it's like I I can usually discern what the overall, you know, thematic journey is, mm. whether it pertains to the main character or an ensemble cast. But here, I was just like, okay, so she's there. Her parents are pigs. <laughs> oh, now she's in love with a dragon. Uh, what the fuck's her going on? Her name's been stolen. <laughs> her name's been stolen. Yeah. Um, which is funny because her name goes from Chihiro to Sen, which I guess is probably to do with the the way her name's written. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Haku is 
Kohaku. Yeah. yeah. As soon as they revealed it, I was like, well, that's not very creative. I feel yeah. like he could have yeah. figured like, that out on his own. Yeah. Like, There's yeah, not... two distinct names for Chihiro, but like Haku just gets like the first part, part of his name just cut. Yeah. And I the felt like wasn't her... being very like was being very lazy that yeah. day when she wrote his yeah. contract. Uh-huh. I'll just I'll just take this part. I I guess it just must be written with two characters, Ko mm-hmm. and Haku. And I guess you can't really derive too much from it. But like, surely there's another reading of Haku because oh, like yeah. every Japanese character usually has more than one way mm-hmm. of being pronounced. Um, all, whenever I think of stuff like that, I always remember the scene from Death Note multiple scenes actually where light introduces himself and has to explain how to write his name and then how to pronounce it as well he's like it's written with the character of moon and something else and it's pronounced as light there you go it's not (laughs) moon something (laughs) (laughs) um yeah that always because i'm sitting there i'm like who the fuck is haku because i like i couldn't remember as like as he as he chihiro's childhood friend it's hard to figure out. And then it's like, yeah. no, he's the river that saved her. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that threw me for a fucking loop. I'm like, where did this fucking river come yeah. from? Suddenly so abstract. Yeah. Like, and like, I get he's a river spirit, I suppose. But then I'm like... <laughs> bonk. <laughs> bonk. Um, but then like, you know, he's a dragon. <laughs> water dragon like surely just make him a dragon spirit or some shit that happened yeah. to be there and rescues your hero not the actual river, river itself. i guess it maybe ties into like miyazaki's constant kind of um like usually he he has stuff to do with environmentalism within his movies and i guess that sort of ties into like the fact that she mentions the river had been like hmm. filled in and, and mm-hmm. like you know apartments were built over it so i maybe i'm grasping at a straw with that though like you know when you have a reveal you should kind of hint at it before so it doesn't just kind of hit you there's one there is one sole hint and it's when they fall down the the elevator shaft Mm -hmm. and and the the onsen and there is a flash in chihiro's memory of her being in a river that is the only hint you get being in a river that's not drowning no and she's she's falling like hanging on a haku when he's like freaking out and that's when Mm -hmm. she has like this yeah so i guess him being aggressive reminded her of the waves yeah Mm. (laughs) there is one line he says at the beginning of the movie this is when we first meet him as well Mm. where she's like who are you and his response is is and his his response I can't remember if this is like the exact lead in, but at one point he says, Oh, I've been watching you since you were very little. Yeah. Fucking creep. Yeah. yeah. To which I was like, Oh, stranger danger. Yeah. Yep. He's like, I don't know you. No, is she he he's like, You don't know me, but I remember you and I'm like, Whoa. Oh, no, no, Whoa, no, 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 yeah. And like, because he's not presented as being that much older than her. No, no exactly. I was imagining like the same age. So it's not like he's, mm-hmm. you know, been dead or something. <laughs> or, you know, wandered in there a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So like if it was a childhood friend, she'd surely remember him. But the, what, a fucking river spirit. Like, I, I guess it ties into the overall, you know, vibe not vibe but like you know the, the movie that's a lot to do with spirits and, and folklore the kind theme. of t- tales from yeah. yeah uh from japan and stuff so i sort of get it but fuck me <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a dumb yeah it's not really great nah it? and then she just kind of goes home yeah, yeah and that's it that's it yeah mm. so 
no face as like the icon of that oh, ironically film. the face of the movie yes yeah. the very much every piece of merchandise you'll see for ghibli no face is going to be somewhere mm. people have him on his phone case they have plushes walking at any anime store in the uk yeah. there's gonna be I've either totoro his, or yeah, no yeah. face his face yes <laughs> I, I forgot he was in this movie and so when he popped up, i was like oh hey the thing, yeah. the anime thing, <laughs> and the thing is, everyone adores them. Everyone buys those plushes, those phone cases, and you watch the film and you think, why? Uh, yeah, uh, he just goes, uh, he just eats people. Uh, he, he eats a frog and steals its voice. Steals yeah. its voice. That frog was my favorite. I was so upset. Like, yeah. How dare you? He's just bouncing along doing his job, I and like then how, suddenly gets eaten. I like how when No Face leaves the onset, and he's like walking along the train tracks, throws him up, and the frog just like, well. Very good back to it. Yeah. It just yep. swims off and it's like, hold on, what? <laughs> you took all that time out of my break. I gotta make up for it. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, watching it again, I'm like, why is everyone in love with this character? I, I couldn't take it seriously. Just the fact that he can only go ah. Uh, That's uh, not really the point I'm trying to drive here. No, I couldn't take him seriously. He's a giant monster that eats people. Yeah, like at the beginning, I was sort of, of seeing it like, okay, he's, he's a sort of cute character. Yeah. Yes. But then he goes on a, a rampage. Yeah, he, he just starts eating them. everything and <laughs> giving them people. gold. And then he tries to give Chihiro gold. And she's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> and he's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I... It's totally weird when you've seen the film that that's like the face. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of like social commentary to be pulled from it, I think. Him as a character, like, I here's guess. the gold. Everyone, take the gold. I will not eat you. Here's Capitalism. the gold. <laughs> Capitalism. <laughs> so it, it was not fantasy, but weird, like how much emphasis they put on. Yeah. There's this guy just handing out fucking gold. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it, it seems like they kind of operate on like a, if you get a high paying customer, you're the one to benefit from yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, which, keep the tips. Keep the tips, <laughs> yes. The tips. Which, you know, Good. pay your workers a fair fucking wage. Yeah. Because yeah. every scene we see, um, oh fuck, what's her name? Len? No, no, no. The, the, the old woman. Um, the witch. Oh. The witch, yeah. She has uh, a name. Ya- Grandmother. Yaba something or other. Y- Yababa. Yababa. That's it. Um, she's just like looking at gems and stuff. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> yeah, she's literally sitting there like before she finds out about No Face, just sitting inspecting gems yeah. Yeah. and then quickly like <laughs> puts them in a box and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? She also has a very big baby. A yeah. very big baby. Very, <laughs> very big baby. Big baby. <laughs> And the baby's name is Baby. Baby. That <laughs> gets turned into a rat. rat? Yeah, a <laughs> Look, chunky little rat. Chunky little rat. <laughs> the witch isn't good with names. That's why she steals them. <laughs> so what will you name your child? You've you know created all these false names. Baby. Baby. <laughs> baby. Baba. It's it's very verbose, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's unclear whether he can talk or just cry at some points. Like, he talks, but he also just fully cries. Yeah. And like, yeah. You know, once you get past the crying state, you move on to the talking phase. Yeah. You can communicate your feelings. <laughs> and he can talk. Because at the end, he like finally turns back into, you know, big baby. Ba- big baby. Big baby. And he's just like, mother. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I yeah. wish for you to cease your tyranny. <laughs> 
but it just makes me think, was he ever a small baby? And he just grows <laughs> exponentially know. as a baby, but doesn't age. I like to think the witch was just bored one day and was like, eh, baby. Big baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't really take care of him. Well. She's just no. like, shut she the just, fuck up. She throws him in a room, and then when he cries, he just sort of, shh. Yeah. And she doesn't let him go outside either. Because something with illness Germs and stuff. Germs, yeah. Yeah. He's Which Chihiro's response is to rub blood <laughs> yeah. on him. Yeah. Yeah, look, germs, cry about it. <laughs> oh, God. That is a very realistic response for like a 10 year old. Yeah, it yeah. is. Oh, I have blood in my hand. Here, lick Take. it. Like, she, she tries to like sort of be like, can you just let me go, please? And the baby is like, no. So yeah. she's like, all right, fine, fuck it. Here's germs. I, I totally expect that she didn't have blood in her hand to just look at her palm and go, Bleh. Big baby. Big baby. <laughs> I have to like you had the big baby turned into a rat and then also you had the fly. Yeah. Which made the sound of a mosquito and I hated it. Yeah, it looked like a little crow. Yeah, mm. like a tiny, tiny crow. Yeah. And it was carrying the big baby rat, which is now small chunky rat. <laughs> Rattus, rattus. Yeah, but it was carrying the that, <laughs> and it didn't sound like wait, it sounded like a mosquito. And yeah. I suppose maybe he's mosquito size, but boy, is that bothersome to me. <laughs> the chungus, <laughs> chungy baby. <laughs> but it was a, ni- a nice experience. I do think that when you do watch it multiple times, it does get old. Oh yeah, quick. absolutely. But for a first time watch, it's. It's an experience. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine watching it like more than maybe one or two more times. Yeah. I, I think this is my second time watching the film. And I think the first time I fully watched it, at least, was in 2014. I think I had seen it on TV before that, but it was film four after school. So it was like, come home. It's probably like 20 minutes in and there's like mm-hmm. ads yeah, constantly yeah. throughout it. Um, this isn't a short movie. It's not. No. I brought up the runtime. I'm like, oh fuck, it's two hours, <laughs> <laughs> which was not my response to Akira either. I like filled it up and I'm like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we keep picking two hour movies. We do, yeah. which is interesting because I I always think you know like anime movies like they they don't go for long runtimes because nah. it's not indicative to the animation process really. And then like we keep picking <laughs> two, hour two hour movies, movies and I'm yeah. like. Yeah. These aren't common. These are rare. Why? How do I keep doing this? <laughs> um, so yeah, um, we we talked about Big Chungus and his mosquito crow. Mm-hmm. Um, we forgot about the three head boys and turning into a oh. big baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I like those guys. Those guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They turn. They they turn into big baby when big baby was chunky yes. rat, and the mother didn't notice. We could make a musical artist and an album from these. <laughs> like I, I, that was like a big point of the end. You didn't even notice your big baby was gone, yes. lady. <laughs> like, well, it's a big baby. Like, it was known to cry about shit. Yeah. As long mm. as it cries about shit, no parents are gonna be like, "Well, it's not my big baby." Yeah. Like, and and the time we see her interact with it, 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 him. <laughs> He never speaks. It's only when he like arrives again. He's like, "Mother, I wish you to cease this tyranny of Chihiro, my friend." <laughs> All right. 
she's like, I bet it's a bet, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> and then, like, the onsen just cheers when Chihiro gets it right. And I'm like, didn't you all hate her for being a human? Yeah, you yeah. had this whole thing. Like, Ew, you smell like human. There was a lot of human racism. Oh, there yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> even towards the, even from the characters that looked very human. Yeah, yeah, I was like looking at Lynn, and like there's there's a lot of the the sort of onsen workers are definably not human. Yeah, um, there's like frogs. Birds, not just that, things. but even the ones that look vaguely human, mm-hmm. they're Circular they've got styles. It's the yeah. eyebrows that get yeah. away because it's like a, a there's a certain Japanese like uh, spirit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think related to an animal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but very definably still not, you know, human. But then yeah, you have yeah. Lynn. Who is who is definitely human. a yeah. human. Yeah. <laughs> like she is adult woman. Yes. Yeah, like they walk up to her and you smell like human. I'm like, well. Well <laughs> Yeah, she she's it's just kind like, of don't a get, human trait. Yeah. <laughs> don't get your human smell on me. I was like, Bitch you are. Yeah. Yeah. You like when human. she walks into the, the boiler room, she's like, Oh my god, a human and I'm like, have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> like why are you scared of this? Yeah. Like, yeah. What will happen to you when you encounter another human? <laughs> I guess if you stay long enough and eat enough of the food, you forget or become like a spirit yourself. Oh, I thought that maybe. could have been like a plot point, but it's never really brought it's up. It's never really no. touched on, no. But again, like you mentioned, it's mainly from Chihiro's perspective. So yeah. I guess a lot of that stuff is just kind of... It's, it's not an excuse for brushing over stuff like that. Yeah, but if that's like the style the movie's going yeah. for, then you can sort of forgive it a little bit. I, I think mm-hmm. Penguin Highway did this better, though. Oh, yeah, oh, absolutely. Sure. Where it was all from a child's perspective, but there were childlike explanations yeah. for everything. Like, they went more clear on that. This is from his perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. and whereas Chihiro, it's like she either doesn't care. She's just like that, don't care don't care i do not care i still don't care (laughs) video (laughs) she's like home parents food (laughs) get me the fuck out of here (laughs) um okay so score i do want to say one one more one more thing just before we go i do (laughs) want to state the best character was Kamaji because he reminded me of Eggman. Oh, oh I, was, I want... He's like a skinny Eggman, a non-rounded Eggman. Yeah. yeah. I almost wish he had Eggman's voice actor. Yeah. yeah. It would have fit very well for him. I was mm. expecting Mike Pollock. Yeah. Like, I was so ready for him and when he didn't, I was like, I was sort of almost like, oh. I was sort of thinking, like, who the hell does he remind me of when I was watching the movie? And yeah, you're right, it's Eggman. Yeah. Mm. I loved him just for that. His arms yeah. freak me out, though. Oh, uh, <laughs> There is no definable explanation or reason as to why they they stretch and move like that yeah, but also why does he have to sleep in the basement i don't know everyone else has like a nice sleeping quarters you know they all sleep in the little room He's and dedicated he, to his he work. just lays there <laughs> i could have i could pull the interpretation that it's you see it falls apart if you think about it too much but like he looks almost human just with extra arms so that could mm-hmm. be it but like len exists yeah so. i think he's more sort of like a a spider person yeah but like still human yeah yeah there's too many people working in the onsen that I look know. human-esque yes. that's why that's why i was like it all falls apart yeah. if you think about it I, more than two seconds he's either dedicated to his craft or 
fucking, I don't know. Don't with everyone's shit. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think he likes anybody else. No, yeah, no. that's fair. He's probably, I fucking prefer it down here where there's no one to bother me. Mm-hmm. It was very wholesome when, like, Lynn was like, who is this? And he's just like, oh, that's my granddaughter. Yeah. And just d- doesn't give a shit. Oh, granddaughter. I'm like, oh. Like, yeah. like hey, I got you. <laughs> my next question would be like, can you even reproduce? I was like, <laughs> where are the I extra don't want to go into this, but you know, it's... <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) There is one other thing as well. This is like the only time I'll I'll bring this up Mm. because, given this, the way I was watching this, sometimes I was watching it with subtitles, Uh but the subtitles are based on the Japanese. Yeah, there's no closed captions for the the dub. So I was able to notice like one or two like differences. Uh Nothing major, but like Mm. one thing I did want to bring up, like specifically just this one, during the uh, (laughs) with the stink creature scene. Yeah. Yeah big old smelly <laughs> in like the bath like mm. when Lynn comes to help this just fascinates me in the dub she, she specifically says oh I've come here to help you uh-huh. but in like the subs like it actually, she actually states oh I asked Kamaji for help and he's sending the best water and I've come to help too that's probably a it's probably a lip sync issue probably yeah oh, I just yeah. thought it was like fascinating they're like mm. oh, this is an extra detail they didn't go into in the dub for some yeah because it's an interesting thing where sometimes Jap- japanese can take a lot longer to say something really simple mm. but it can also take way quicker to say something extremely yeah. complex i did think it was something along those yeah lines, so it's just... probably just been like an adr issue yeah. where like they've tried to match the flaps and you know, yeah uh there are other small things but there's not nothing really worth talking a lot of about. it was like very just small like, oh, yeah, that'll be to do with... There's sentence restructure, yeah. Yeah, like, a scene, exactly. but past that. Yeah. I have um, some notes, but, like, nothing really noteworthy. Yeah, I picked up on a couple of small differences just when I was, like, do I want to watch English or do I want to watch Japanese? Um, and the truth is, fucking not either. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I finished it in the English dub. That was the... the the less annoying the least aggravating <laughs> yeah and mainly i think it's um i don't know if it's the the blurry or if it's just like a an issue with the audio itself the the, the sound mixing for the japanese version is just a bit odd mm. to me i don't know if it's any different on netflix but on the blurry like the the sounds <laughs> just yeah i don't know they didn't sound right huh. um but and like they're both 5.1 so it's not like you know stereo surround thing it's like Mm -hmm. they're the same so i don't know why they're they're different Mm. uh anyway so yeah scores scores uh i will give this a 7.5 i'd say i think it's solid seven Mm. um You can be controversial, it's okay. okay. It's your opinion. As much as I've said all I've said, I can't bring myself to give it anything lower than an eight. Mm-hmm. Mm. Purely because I know the, the craft that went into it okay. and the the sort of the the sort of defining point it was for because there's like so, there's so many moments and, and we'll we'll cover this when we come to Acura where anime in the West has like had an impact mm. and Spirited Away is one of them. Oh, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. and so you know I I think there's part of what I take into account when scoring things is not just my vibes but like what was the context around this mm-hmm. and for me Gib uh, not Ghibli but Spirited Away yeah I can't bring it lower than an eight just because mm. it's, it's a very important film yeah. as much as i i watch it i'm like why it has its place yeah, yeah. yeah. i'd say that's a valid reason mm. mm-hmm. two points off for the story and sort of weird love 
story yeah. between mm-hmm. Haku yeah, and, they, and they Chihiro. Yeah, they didn't need to push a love story. Yeah. It could have been wholesome enough. I was the river. Like, yeah. yeah. Sure. Plus she's like 10. Yeah, like... Yeah. You don't they keep that. pushing love as, a, as in it's like a romantic yeah. thing. Like, these are children. Yeah, they don't need this. <laughs> this yeah. is a children's movie. No. And maybe that's a... Maybe that's a cultural thing for maybe. us. Yeah. Where we are very much, if you mention love, it's very much a romantic thing. Mm, mm-hmm. True. Uh, and, and you know, culturally in Japanese, maybe it's like a... It's more of a mix, I More guess. of a, yeah, either a familial or a, yeah. a, a kind of, a, just a friendship thing. But yeah. then, you know, there's too much romantic subtext within the film, I think, yeah. to... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, that's enough about... Spirit um, away. Spirit away. Yeah. So seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven, eight. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah, that sounds right. Sounds mm-hmm. about right. Um, so moving on to Akira. Oh fucking uh... boy! <laughs> this is the one I've been looking forward to talking about the most. What a film! And I don't yeah. mean that in terms of like, oh boy, what a what a damn good film. Mm. I mean, oh that was a film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So first thing I want to kick it off with, what is the one thing you knew about Akira before going into this? The bikes. Just cl- genuinely, all I knew about Akira was just that one scene where he's mm. like drifts on the bike more the sort of like animation of the film the bikes <laughs> I, i'm not i feel I, like i honestly, shouldn't ask no you i just heard that people like it and mm-hmm. that's all i knew about uh, it uh yeah. so one of the big things about the film is that it's animated all on once which is just incredibly not fucking true mm. there is no well okay look there is a lot of ones so I guess I should explain what I yeah, mean by this. Context, yes. um, if you've never had to deal with any sort of animation, which I think at least two of us here have had to deal with. I've never had have that you never had to? Okay. Yeah. So when you're animating, like you have, depending on the workflow you're working with, you'll probably have 24 frames within a second. Mm-hmm. When you're doing normal animation to cut down on how much you're having to draw, if you're doing hand drawn animation, you animate on twos, which means for every frame, in a second one of them is duplicated so you're only really getting 12 true frames yeah, per second yeah. now that is a, a, a generalization because mm-hmm. you have animating on ones twos and threes and that's basically holding the animation within each mm-hmm. sort of frame um to suit the timing you want from a set of animations yeah so I would say that the, the the claim that Akira is animated totally on ones is false, mainly because it's animated on ones, twos, and threes. Okay. Depending on mm. the need. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But if you watch this film again, you'll notice that there is not a moment in the film where something isn't moving. Mm. So there is a there is like a trueness to it being animated entirely on yeah, ones. This is a very fluid movie yeah. to give it a term. A lot of the motion is animated on ones to give it that fluidness. There is a lot of animating on twos and threes to give the right pacing to stuff because that's just animation timing. Um, but there is isn't. There is not a time where there's not something moving on a frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there are going to be, there are frames that there's so many, there's so many sections <laughs> where there's just so much going on you can't take it all in, no, you can't. Um, which we will come to. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to like cover that at the start. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's one that I hear it talked about a lot, and it's like, well, yeah, technically it's true, but it's a bit more complicated than that. Um, and I am not equipped myself to talk about it, so what I'll do is I'll link Super Eyepatch Wolf's video about it. He does a very good video about 
uh not just the movie but also how how the manga ties into it and stuff as well so yeah akira akira how <sighs> do you start yeah Neo Tokyo's gonna explode. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the classic so, tagline of the movie. So we have. So it starts out in 1988. Don't get used to it. Bomb. Bomb. <laughs> Kaboom. Yeah. And then it's 2019. And then it's 2019. Which feels weird. Which yeah. does feel weird. Yeah, we're now past. Yeah. yeah. Like, I watched Blade Runner kind of recently. Mm. So when I was hit with that, I was like, oh, this I've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't quite a bomb at the beginning, but you know. I could believe that happened in Blade Runner. Another weirder thing about it taking place in, in 2019 is uh, we have the classic shot of the Tokyo Olympics opening in a hundred and however many something days. Mm-hmm. And you know it was only a few days out that I think I the, did the take, Olympics were cancelled. I did take mm-hmm. note of that. Wow, it is amazing that like they say the Olympics were going to happen in like this movie and then they actually like didn't in real life. They didn't. <laughs> I mean, they were going to though. Yeah, they were going to happen in real yeah, life yeah. in 2020, um, and that was counting down. And I think, I think the the countdown that we ended up like there were so many days until it happened that it got mm-hmm. cancelled. I think it was close. Hmm. I could be wrong about that because that sounds a bit weird now that I say it because mm-hmm. COVID was March and the Olympics would have been July. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it basically it come a pass that the 2020 Olympics didn't happen. Yeah. Which was interesting. It's always interesting watching oh, this yeah. film now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and seeing that and thinking, huh. huh. Wow. <laughs> Should have taken some notes. Yeah. yeah. You know. This film sort of becomes something else partway through, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like it has two parts yeah. to me. Like, which, you know, you have three acts, but I feel like it's definitely a two-parter. Yeah, because which is a good way that... Because I watched it, like, sort of in two mm-hmm. settings, like, on the same mm-hmm. day. But I watched the first 40 minutes. Then, because of the way my, my schedule usually works at, like, night, I had I uh, watched it again, like, a couple hours later. Mm-hmm. And, you oh boy... You start right at the point where it becomes a different movie. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. those first 40 minutes, I sort of described them as... This is a cyberpunk movie that really focuses mm-hmm. on the punk angle. Yeah. Like, more so than, like, the cyber-esque. Like, yeah, stuff. it definitely puts the punk into cyberpunk. Exactly. <laughs> and then after that, they go full-on into... How would you describe Akira? Like, not just the like not the movie, the actual what Akira is in the movie. You mean, like, the concept? Yes. It's a loaded concept. Oh, it's a loaded concept. Um, So basically, I assume if you're listening to this, you have seen the film. We hope so. I hope you have seen it because there is no way any conversation that we could have. Go see the film if you've not already. Be prepared. It's readily available in the UK. I actually meant to bring down my big stack of like Uh what I own of this because I wanted to go through the shit show that is the releases of Akira. We could do that for a a special, (laughs) special mini episode maybe. Um, But okay, so okay. Oh God, fuck. How do you describe Akira? If you can't put it into words, I will not pressure you to. Basically, <laughs> you have Tetsuo, who awakens to psychic abilities, and he's, he's, ex- he's experimented on first, isn't he? No, because he encounters the kid ah. on the highway, and that awakens his psychic abilities. Oh, okay. Because like with the way it happens in the movies, he's it's like he encounters the kid, and then the government takes him away. No, so they realize that he's had an awakening okay. and so then they start experimenting on it okay that makes mm-hmm. sense um and then 
experimented on by the government, but he starts having like a mental connection yes. to Akira, this mm. vague character that's yeah. mentioned. So it's a character, but it's also not really. Mm. It, it, it is. is. <laughs> so basically, uh, Tetsuo decides to break out because he wants to go find Akira because he feels like that's the source of all of this. Mm-hmm. Basically, Q. 90 minutes <laughs> going by um and underneath the tokyo olympic stadium is a, a research facility that is housing akira or what is left of him at least hmm. because he was so psychically powerful uh that he is what caused the detonation that we see at the beginning of the film mm, yeah. yeah which i had i was watching the film and i'm like please tell me they make this clear that that's not a, a nuclear blast because it, it it obviously at the beginning of the movie that's what you're led yeah. to believe yeah. it is um and the film contextually makes that so until they mentioned that that's not true it was it was accurate yeah uh and then basically all that's left is like different bits of Akira mm-hmm. and then Tetsuo gets a bit funky. Goes fucking ape shit. And goes to a different universe with Akira. He sort of and the three kids. Ascends at the end. Yeah. They they create a new universe, I think. And go there. It's very unclear. Yeah. Or or is it clear and I'm just not getting the, it? I feel like that's that's where I'm at. I'm like, I'm like, I think it's clear. I just struggled so much to understand what was going there's, on. There's about three lines that explain it. And that's that whatever's enveloping them, that light is that it's very powerful psychically. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. they go in, they, they might not be able to return. And I think that that's Akira's power um, being fully unleashed. Mm. And then it takes... So the three kids go in because there's like mm-hmm. psychic kids throughout yeah. the movie they go in to rescue um canada oh canada <laughs> i'm it, I'll, I'll i'll admit it took me until like halfway through that movie for that joke to actually like hit my head <laughs> and then i couldn't stop unhearing yeah it. um he wears like a he's in all red as well yeah. that's the funny thing yeah. um so they go in to like get canada out because like they say he's kind of just a standby a pa- a bystander and yes yeah. he's sort yeah. of involved but yeah. um you could argue that he's not really like the main character even though well that's an interesting thing i'm gonna come to oh um basically they then go in and as the three of them plus tetsuo i think they they sort of control the power mm. and go to another universe or create a new universe that they then house the power in because mm. it's not stable enough for this universe and that is like three lines of dialogue within the the subtitles that, that carry that explanation um but it's interesting that you mentioned that canada doesn't feel like the main character because mm. the manga does not have one set main character oh. and so it's only the movie that Otomo decided obviously you need a, a focal point yeah and you that's, need like a protagonist yeah and so that's Canada and Tetsuo although obviously Tetsuo becomes the antagonist later yeah. mm-hmm. um but that's why Canada feels a little underdeveloped yeah mm-hmm. he's he's pretty much there to just 
be the comic relief in the manga mm, and then yeah. fire laser beams <laughs> and hit on K. And hit on K, yes. Who you kept spelling K-E-Y when the subtitles are very clearly K-E-I. On the, on Netflix they were spelled like K-E-Y. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, how do you get yeah, it that wrong? Say, I think it, yeah. I think it's spelled like I that. I wasn't being wrong there. That was just what why have they rendered it like that then? It's K-E-I. Because it's very much a Japanese name. Yeah, that sounded a lot more Japanese. I mean, the first time I saw K, I was like, that that doesn't seem like a weird... Because the funny thing is, is it's not even K, it's like K. It's It's got a weird sort of inflection at the end because of the, the I. Mm. Uh, which, when you're pronouncing it in a Scottish accent, doesn't really come across. <laughs> and it's, it's hard to do it without sounding like a bit of a dick. Um, Kai. It's, it's not quite Kai, because Kai is also a name. Yeah, it's yeah. more like K. Kai. 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 Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's hard for me to do, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very subtle inflection in, in the Japanese. So, yeah, hearing that Netflix has it rendered as, as K-E-Y is odd. I didn't know that. Yeah. I assumed that it would be just like a consistent translation across all yeah. of the different versions. Odd. Yeah. I wonder who they've got those subtitles from then. That's mm. interesting. Mm, I'll have to look cool. into that. Um, if we go on Netflix after this and it turns out I am wrong. <laughs> look, I, it's the first one I watched, so it's a, kind of a blur, but I, I feel like that yeah. was one that was. Because I can like visualize it very clearly. That's that interesting, like, yeah. Why? Mm. We will have a look after this. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, can post-production rebel correct me? Yeah, sorry, we're, we're very scattershot in this discussion, and I think yeah. that that's just very sort of indicative of what the movie yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and while we're talking about the manga, I'll, I'll touch on the fact that you mentioned it's very two, it's two very different movies, and yeah. and you're right, and that's because this film is a bit of a Frankenstein. Is it a combination of two different manga? No, so it is um it is based entirely on the Akira manga, but it came out in the middle of the the, the manga's publication. Okay. It was on... So I think it was it went oh. into production during the third volume being published, and then it was completed and released during the fourth volume's release, which meant there were two volumes still to come out. Um, and for some reason, every video I've watched about this seems to reference the, the manga's page count. And I'm like... And they're like, it's a 2,000-page, six-volume manga. And I'm like, it's not that impressive a page count hmm. uh not when you factor yeah. in stuff like one piece and, and and i know that that's sort of a different you know kettle of fish but it's like why are we constantly referring to the, the page count it's a bit weird anyway mm. um so basically what otomo did because he was also he was both the author and the director he basically took the first volume and the last volume which wasn't even released yet and told those and you have a weird middle act that tries to explain everything which is why it is so confusing and it's why you have that scene when they're in the prison cell with Kay in Canada where she explains everything in one big info dump yeah that's like a sudden like exposition Mm -hmm. yeah and it it's sort of jarring Mm -hmm. yeah especially when right after that uh Canada just doesn't seem to have Really, how much you got? And he's just like, how much you got? (laughs) Just continually trying to hit on her. It's like case we've made this joke a couple of times on the podcast. In case anyone doesn't know what that means, it basically means. How would you explain it? God, I don't want to. It comes from a Tomska video, right? Um, 
basically it's like great it's, youtuber go watch yeah go watch his content videos like, yeah videos for, for a series named content i must stress. yeah it, it sort of just means like they want to fuck someone yeah <laughs> like are you down yes are you down to fuck <laughs> I just realised we keep making it. Yeah, And yeah. it's so specific. Have joke. we ever explained that to you, Melina? I think once, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Apologies. It was it was just a journey of a movie, really. Yeah. Because it's... It, it opens very differently than it ends. Like, mm-hmm. vibe-wise, tone-wise, theme-wise. Yeah. And I think it, it started strong. I mean, a lot of perverted comments. Mm. I thought a bit weird... It's the 80s. Yeah. 80s anime. Yeah. I mean, there is just one part where, for no reason whatsoever, one of the, like Tetsuo's girlfriend shirt just yeah, oh yeah, apart. yeah, yeah. Like they, I, I saw him. Was like, what was the point? Oh wait, like, it's, I know what was yeah. seen we're talking about, and I feel like that's because it sort of cuts hard cuts from that scene. Yeah. I assume that they were then gonna attempt to, you know, I mean, have their way with her. Yeah. I got that, so I guess it like tonally it made sense. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not entirely needed. I know yeah. it's it's just a sort of it's a symptom of that era of storytelling, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to biker stuff. It yeah. always seems to be very much a, like if the rival ha- gang gets their hands on people, it's like yeah, the women yeah. are just going to get fucking, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I think it's also sort of a weird thing that, like, I think at one part in the movie when they're in class, they state that, like, you're all under, like, 15. Yeah, this is this is a weird thing. But I think I sort of... I tried to explain it a little bit to you mm-hmm. as, as to where this comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I know what you're about so, to get into then. Otomo was born in the 50s. So he was about 14 in the late 60s when the basically not just japan but the world was experiencing protests and you know total shifts and cultural movements and stuff like that Mm. so what you had was a combination of student protests at the time from tokyo universities to do with unpaid internships um i think specifically specifically in the medical field um you had uh protests about um uh, the security treaty between the US and Japan to do with America having mm. uh, military bases on Japanese soil when Japan isn't even allowed their own military. Yeah, and they have a defense force. Yeah, and mm. then you had protests against the building of Narita Airport at the time known as New Tokyo Airport uh, and also a government that was basically put in place by a foreign power and just yeah. kind of left to become its own thing. Mm-hmm. So it, there is so much like culturally that found mm-hmm. foundationally makes the movie that you don't need to know. Yeah. Uh, to to watch it, but like it sort of explains a bunch of mm-hmm. weird stuff that yeah. happens in the yeah. film because like. I will say, I, I, th- I thought this was a stylistic choice, but maybe now that you've explained that, maybe not. It This is sort of a movie that just dumps you into the world. Yeah. And it sort of expects you to pick it up as you go. To be fair, I, that's definitely like a tonal choice because having read the start of the manga, it, it starts very much in the same way. Okay. It pretty much, I think the only difference is that you don't have the, the scene leading up to them getting on the bikes. Okay. It starts with them on the bikes in okay. the middle of driving on the highway and stuff like that. Right. Um, so it, it pretty much just as just a 
fuck it, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, which, which can work. I mean, mm. I mentioned Blade Runner already, which I'm not going to do for the whole... Yeah. It's, it's, I'd say it's a fair comparison. Yeah, but yeah. like Blade Runner does the same thing. Like You've got that sort of text crawl at the beginning of that movie, but it really is just like, this is the world. Yeah. Watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, I... It, it's it's definitely hard to describe. I understand why people like it because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, I think the story is very good. Yeah, mm. at times <laughs> there's good concepts. Like I think the, sure the conceptually concept of I the agree. Story, <laughs> like I think the the idea of the story is really good. Mm-hmm. Whether it was executed to the best of its ability. Yeah, and this is a thing I, I think. Know. Yeah, you know when people are getting into it, especially now, um, it's very much like you know a, an important film. As I've mentioned, mm-hmm. within anime in the West, it it, pretty, it, it kickstarted Manga Entertainment and led them to then co-funding Ghost in the Shell, um, which I will say right now, better movie. hundred oh, percent, yes. I agree. Um, but you know, when when I think about it now, one, it's sort of falling out of the the cultural zeitgeist of anime, which fair enough, I do mm-hmm. get. You know, times have changed, but I think when people are getting into it now they're probably not watching it for the story. Mm-hmm. They're probably watching it purely based on the animation. Yeah, which is fair because there's good animation. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. I won't ever knock the film for that. Because um, like like I said uh, earlier, like you can turn the sound off for this mm. movie, watch it and still get, a, I'd say, a good experience. Yeah. And, you know, they, they develop techniques just for mm. this movie. You know, parallax, scrolling and animation wasn't really a thing but they they managed to create you know they used computers in the very earliest stages uh, to get that looking right and flow correctly and then also map like debris falling just to get the destruction to look as good as it did Mm. um but narratively is always where i feel it's it's the weakest yeah it starts off with you know a sequence that doesn't really tie into the later film Mm mm-hmm and it starts with a cool sort of not cool. Uh, it starts with a good precipice. <laughs> Fuck me, premise. Christ, I can't talk. It's fine. Um, a good premise of what the story could become, but then it gets very muddled very quickly. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where I I fall with it. Is it's like cool animation could have had a good story, ended up just being a little bit messy story wise yeah. at least. I think the soundtrack and animation. F- absolutely fantastic yeah yeah because yeah. i want to talk about this because it's very peculiar but like in a good way it's mm. yeah it's a mix of traditional japanese instrumentation mm-hmm, and exactly. uh digital not digital but like you know synth yeah kind of mm-hmm. i don't know how to describe it and <laughs> i know what you mean yeah <laughs> sort of, <laughs> sort of, like electronic yeah exactly yeah. you could hear it in a nightclub yeah <laughs> yes like it's, it, it's the type where you first hear and you're like, oh, that's weird. And then yeah. You're like, oh, this fucking slaps and it works. Yeah. And, yeah. and of, it's tying it together. Yeah. A lot of percussion as well mm-hmm. that really just sort of it adds that kind of impact to a lot of what's going on on screen. Oh, yeah. Because stuff is constantly fucking hitting its and and this other stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it's people hitting other people, or buildings crushing people, or <laughs> I will say to. To do this joke because I saw my opportunity, there are six slaps in this movie, <laughs> all back to back, in that one like head teacher scene or something where like oh, the guy, discipline, oh yeah. discipline, 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 discipline. Dis- 
it almost got to the point where I was like, I don't think there were this many people for him to slap, yeah. but he, yeah. he slapped. And this leads me to one of the like most densely packed frames mm. of of the film that follows directly after this when they're leaving the high school. Yeah, yeah. And they're all walking together and there's like eight of them because mm-hmm. they get joined by the girls. And everyone is moving. Yes. You have uh, Canada being given a cigarette and it being lit by the girl. You've got the, the guys in the back sort of pissing mm-hmm. around and, and, and just the guy in the front just opening his mouth and like blood. Yeah. Just coming he, he out just of it. Up blood. Which I, I keep watching again and again and I'm like, why? Why does this happen? It's, I feel like the implication is that that's the result of yeah. the slaps. But like... Yeah. That happened a while ago at yeah. this point. He's just been holing it in on the <laughs> yeah. side. Like, this is going to look great outside. <laughs> but like everyone is moving and not just in the sense mm-hmm. that they're walking and doing certain things. They're they're moving like they're yeah. alive. Like they're, they're real yeah. people. Very lively. I liked that. Mm. I did take note of that specific like sequence because it was very lively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's all these sort of scenes early in the film that really just sort of kind of get you prepared for the onslaught that you're about to experience. Do we want to talk about that final sequence with the body horror? Uh, I mean, it gets, like, progressively more grotesque yeah. as it continues. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning, it's like, yeah, a little blood, you know, they're fighting, and at some point, it's like, that is a pool of blood. Yeah. My specific memory being, I think, was a Kaori crushed oh, within yeah. the body. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, surely they're not. Oh my god, no! Which then leads you to think, why is Canada yeah, like, like fine? Yeah, yeah. I was like, he's still then, trying to save her. Like I, at this point, I'd be like, ah, oh, nah, nah, nah. She's done. She's it's we're, it's we're the done fact here. he's also like stuck there. Yeah. And then suddenly he's just not stuck anymore, mm-hmm. and there's just like a shot of him standing, looking at Tetsuo being sucked into the energy, and I'm like, hold How up. How did you get? There? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> It feels like we missed a scene. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I I have no issue like with it. Like, I, I cool from an animation perspective, slightly disturbing, and mm-hmm. and a sense of you know that it's it's balls to the wall. Like how fucked up mm-hmm. can can it get? Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know what else to say. I'm resisting making an Evil Dead joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he gets that robot hand. Yeah. It's yeah. groovy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it gives... I, I, I'm not, I won't say I absolutely hate it or anything, because mm-hmm. I don't. I, I was able to sit through it fine. It was just mm-hmm. more like... It's the fact that it's like it's like it's almost like a flesh virus just sort of growing yeah. on everything that mm-hmm. gets under my skin, quite literally. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it was... A choice. It I was think, a choice. I'm not sure it was the right choice, but I wouldn't know what else to do. So I'm like, it's fine. It's yeah, I, I, it's weird. there's probably a, a reason, like, good reason for it, that I'm, mm-hmm. like, tonally that I it's, just can't well, think Well, yeah. not necessarily tonally, but uh, narratively, it's because yeah. he can't control his own power. So it's, yeah, it's you so know, sort of... From that angle, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I, oh. I totally get it. Um, but I am someone who is very much unaffected by desensitization. <laughs> I don't know if it's desensitization. I've never really been bothered by most horror. Body horror is not something I'm a lover of. Mm. At least not in live action. Animation totally doesn't bother me. Live action, yeah. I've never seen a David Cronenberg film because I'm like, nah, no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's stopping me from watching uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh yeah, that's true. Because that's yeah. like... Full in on its yeah. body horror. 
Yeah. Uh, it's very much all of kind of, I think Cronenberg's stuff is very much body horror, you know, like The Fly and, and yeah, all that sort right. of stuff. Um, animation, totally unaffected. Like, I, I keep watching horror anime and I'm like, this is this isn't scary this isn't horror um <laughs> this is nice yeah <laughs> it's like ooh, head got cut off that's very nice animation it's so weird to watch something that's meant to be a horror an anime and just go sit there going oh yeah fuck they really animated that nicely you're just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like watching someone like getting you know their head cut off or like grabbed or like beaten or something and you're like wow they really fucking animated that well <laughs> and you're like trying not to look at the fact that they're topless and you're like don't don't acknowledge it just don't acknowledge it <laughs> i mean i can sort of like sort of similar because um i've been watching house of the dragon like the last few weeks oh, that's yeah, been yeah. coming out and there's one scene in a sort of recent episode but like has a pretty violent like death mm-hmm. like pretty sort of unique death i don't want to spoil anything yeah because you might watch it but I did sort of have that sort of appreciation moment, like, whoa, that's done really nice, mm. but this is very, this is very gory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the final battle was, I, I don't know how to describe it, really. It's, uh, I mean, it's an iconic part of the film, so I think I even if you've never yeah, seen yeah. the movie, you probably at least have a flash in your mind of what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Mm. Um... I, I don't really know how to talk about it because it's very much a visual piece mm-hmm. of, yeah. of the film where there's not a lot of story actually happening. There's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much a this is a, a this is a payoff to the conflict between Canada and Tetsuo, and it doesn't really go in the direction you expect it to. You know, yeah. Tetsuo doesn't come out of that triumphant. He very much you know is losing and then loses his friend. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is something that the anime, the the film doesn't really have a chance to get into, but the manga does a lot. Where like, uh, in the manga, Neo Tokyo is destroyed. I think like three times, mm. and like the first time it happens, you're seeing all these you know massive spiders. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a spider slowly crawl up to your neck. I'm like, I don't want it. To get it. <laughs> you, you just suddenly just reached over to Michael like I'm gonna get. That. I was like, what, 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 what? <laughs> Is there a hair on it that's annoying? If yeah. he was walking down, I'd been like, I'll just tell you, but I don't want to freak you out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. That's no, cool. Let's go. Cool. Uh, yeah, so in the manga, there's like, you know, there's it's like halfway through and Akira destroys Neo Tokyo because uh, there's like a traumatic event or something happens to him and his power explodes. Hmm. And you're seeing all these big, massive double-page spreads of, like, Neo Tokyo being destroyed. And I just look at it and yeah. think, I don't want to know how long it took him to draw all of that. <laughs> but then... I'll be honest, all I could think about was, like, the ending of Sonic Adventure 1. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly, like, had opened your heart, the theme of that game, it, it playing in my head. Because it, <laughs> it's very similar, like, the way it, the way the ruins of Neo Tokyo yeah. looked to, like the end of that game because the city that the game takes place mm. in gets destroyed as well all i could think was uh the song from evangelion which I, you probably haven't actually heard it's not the probably theme not. song okay um not no 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 it's not cruel angel thesis <laughs> it's come sweet death um but anyway nice names yeah <laughs> it's actually uh, the 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 title's actually in german i think it's come sissy todd or something like that <laughs> um Anyway, like so, you're you're seeing these big double play spreads, and then eventually you get to seeing the characters, mm. 
standing watching it just there and it's it's very the, 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 it's very impactful in in that because you know you're seeing them against all this devastation as a very small just watching it and and either worrying about their friends or thinking or or, or you know they know someone that close to them has died or something like that mm-hmm. and it's very much a different impact to how this movie ends <laughs> yeah <laughs> where it just gets it gets a bit cerebral mm. and i think mm-hmm. that that takes away a lot of the sort of personal character development it was building up through most of the film but i guess there was no other way to kind of bring it to a close mm. um not to say that they wrote themselves into a corner but you know, for a big set piece at the end, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we want to go for scores now. Yeah. God, I don't, I don't, I feel like as much as I did like it, it feels flawed. Mm. So mm. I would say six point five. I think that's fair. Like we say, your your disposition to sci-fi is yeah. a bit different. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to judge because, like. There's some parts of this movie that, that I think about and I'm like, hmm, I could rate that like an, an 8 mm-hmm. out of 10. But there are, like when I think of it, like the stuff we mentioned, like the flaws, it hits mm-hmm. more down to like a 7. Yeah. I could just go compromise and say 7.5 again. But I feel mm-hmm. like it's, that's the same as Spirited Away. I, I mean, know, that's, that's fair. It's very yeah. different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. They're in a, in a similar vein, I have similar notes f- between the two mm-hmm. in terms of fantastic animation fantastic soundtrack it's, it's the story that, that, that we're watching these back to, that we mm. watch them back to back because they're they are they're 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 not similar movies no overall, but, they, but have they have similar, similar flaws and similar yeah. beats yeah um for me I, and I, once again i know i've said all i've said about the film <laughs> but it is one that i can constantly come back to i can constantly <laughs> rewatch it and i just fucking vibe with it <laughs> I think it's a nine and a half for me. Nine point five. The vibes are good. Yeah, oh, there are vibes. Like it's one of those ones I can. If it's late at night, I don't know what else to watch. I I will put it on and just fucking take it in. To make that comparison again, I I've found myself kind of doing the same with Blade Runner. Mm. Like I don't even need the sound again. Like that. yeah, I just I could just put it on and just vibe to it while I fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think similar for me with Acura. I can do the same with Ghost in the Shell, but Ghost in the Shell is one that I always want to pay attention yeah, to. Yeah, I feel like yeah. a film like Ghost in the Shell, that's one you want to take in. Yeah. Every time you watch if it. we're going back to Ghost in the Shell, my score for that is absolutely fucking ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Acura, yeah, nine nine point five. I think uh, maybe mm-hmm. a nine, if I'm being like brutally honest about the story. Yeah. Uh, it's not the most coherent. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. I think that's that yeah. wraps that up. Yeah. Um, Good discussion. If, if I had thought about it beforehand, I could have pulled out my calculator and gotten a nice mean score between <laughs> us. Uh, maybe um, next time. Maybe yeah. next time. Uh, I think at some point now that we're doing this, we should do like a short kind of segment where we go through everything that we've watched mm-hmm. previously yeah, and, and yeah. kind of score it. I thought yeah. starting off with Gundam just because that was yeah, so yeah. like a big part. A big part. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, actually... Just to cap it off, we went through the films of Gundam each. Um, overall, though, now that we have the full story, what's your score of just the first part in general? Uh, eight. Eight. 
What exactly? I'm sorry, like, so we watched the trilogy rather yeah. than like individual movie scores. Like, mm-hmm. now that you know the whole story, how do you uh, take that as one piece? Like, as a collective thing. Yeah. 6.5. 6. 6.5, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, I'd say. Eight, eight and a half. Yeah. yeah not yeah. my favourite part of Gundam like I covered, yeah. but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is absolutely like the... the, uh, the mainly the last part mm-hmm. that's yeah. that got in Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, there's a good part to the second one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, long, as long as you get past the first movie, the, yeah. like the first part, you're all set. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Anime Lane where we're talking about Spirited Away and Akira. You also got the hero scores on Gundam. Uh... <laughs> listen to us and you're listening to us somewhere so uh follow us on twitter at anime lane cast yes that's it um if you want to uh interact with us you can tweet us there or you can comment on the youtube upload check the link tree in anime lane cast twitter and you'll be able to find out everywhere we're available if you've managed to stumble across us from somewhere <laughs> uh and super eye patch will's video will probably be down in the description below so yeah, yeah thank you for listening to this i'm still trying to figure out how the hell we out for these and it's been 13 episodes <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll get there. one day we'll get there so yeah uh bye <laughs> bye <Bye-bye. laughs>